This is Financial Detox, helping you retire with confidence. Featuring Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of IDA Wealth, intelligence-driven advisors. For over 20 years, Jason has shown people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. Join Jason and co-host Alex Klingensmith as they simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies designed to take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. This is Financial Detox. Hello, welcome to Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labrum and in studio with Alex Klingensmith. Alex, it's great. Great to be back. We're finally on. I feel like we I feel like I don't even know what I'm doing here. This well, is brand new. This is not uncommon <laughs> for us to, to to slow down in the summer on this and type of activity. Well, I think we get busy. Our, yeah. our kids aren't in school in the summer. We try to like balance back life that way. Yeah. Somewhat. So True. it's it's back when we were driving down, remember, to the studio. Yeah. And then the track, the, oh, the wow. Del Mar racetrack would start again. And then we only last like two or three weeks of the season. And we're like, we got to take the summer off. Well, we were crazy. recording on a Friday or no, it was just happening every day. The yeah. traffic going south. Yeah I, yeah. I think it was like Wednesdays, but either way there was like, it, it was, it was bad. So. Well, it's financial detox as a podcast, as a podcast only this show we've uh, focusing on the podcast here. Going to do that while we reevaluate some of our radio show positioning and different things. So we invite you to check us out at financialdetox.com. That's financialdetox.com. And if you want to get a hold of us, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions you want us to talk about or any topics for the show, we'd love to hear from you. And that is 877-707-8889. That's 877-707-8889. It's the Financial Detox Show. I'm Jason Labram with Alex Smith. So this is going to be kind of cool because Previous to this recording, we had one month break. We were doing a radio show and a podcast as a hybrid. And I think what we realized is it's just hard to do that because a radio show has a different cadence, has a different call to action, trying to, you know, give people something to really get them going. Where a podcast is just much more chill and conversational and and informational, hopefully, and educational. But um, so it's this is kind of our first since a month, just straight podcast, kind of fun. I'm hoping the people listening to this are like currently on a run, for example, or like doing yeah. some sort of exercise or driving, driving, maybe if you're driving yeah. and you don't like the radio, because I don't like the radio personally. Man, I can't stand it. But I, I am into podcasts that are, you know, that are interesting. Yeah. Especially if I'm trying to learn about something, like it's a great way to get perspective and information, right? Yeah. I started looking up podcasts the other day on flying because I'm getting back into flying, getting current. Yeah. Did my medical yesterday, bro. I'm good. What, is, what does that mean, medical? That means that every two years when you're above 40, and unfortunately I'm well above 40, you have to go in and have some FAA approved doctor say that you're medically fit to fly an airplane. Does he make you do burpees and squats? And he stuff, makes or? you do nothing. It is bizarre. It is oh. like going back in time to, to like the doctor you went to uh, when you were like in the seventies <laughs> like where blood pressure he, and- he like, Puts a stethoscope. Is it a stethoscope on your stethoscope? stethoscope? Listen oh, man, to your that's heart. Yeah, he listens to your. Well, it's been a while. As you breathe, you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, that kind of stuff. Looks in your ear. Looks oh, up your physical. nose. So Regular like, physical. Okay, yeah. So it's physical. but not like you don't have to like do any sort of exercise activity. No, you okay. got. They check your eyes. They check your blood pressure, and yeah, yeah. it's fine. You passed. Good job. These people don't. So pot, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so so flying requires that. That's good. And yeah, if you're right. flying, you can listen to a podcast that doesn't interrupt yes. your flight plan. It's okay. Right. Or I was saying I was listening to podcasts about flying. It's totally cool. Yeah. There's great podcasts out there on almost every topic. 
Oh, definitely. So now you got a podcast, just our, our listeners get to listen to a podcast where we talk about what is financial detox? I mean, Alex, let's re, let's just kick it off from the beginning. It's like, what can you get from our podcast? Not only this show, but previous shows. The way I tell it to new people, we've hired a few new people lately because we, we reached a point of where our capacity was being challenged. We had yep. so many new clients coming in last year that we kind of caught up first quarter and we like, we are new people. So I explain it like this. I say, we have, a, we have a lot of stories in our company. We, we just spend a lot of time yeah. with a consultant talking about the stories that the five key stories that resonate. Yeah. Financial detox to me was like a spinoff of a story where I feel like, and this is your story. So this is me looking at you from the outside. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of weird, okay. right? Yeah. It's like a, yeah, one of those existential moment oh, and things, yeah. but there you go. I was like, so what's financial detox to one of our newest employees? Well, what it is, is I think Jason like did, he, you know, he broke away. He had the breakaway story from the big wirehouse, big firm, like created his own future with, with your father, Rick, and then two other founding advisors, Darcy and Sean and Jordy came along to yeah. run, you know, to keep operations in order. And then a couple years into that, even you just, you were still fresh, so frustrated with the industry that you're like, even this side of the industry that we feel is much more transparent, transparent, both time fiduciary, all the things we talk about, even this part can be frustrating. So financial detox was born out of the idea of like, let's remove even our agenda, which is to serve clients and get paid for it, which is true. Yes. Remove even that from the equation and just have this consumer focused way to communicate without any agenda there, right? Yeah. I mean, the subtitle of the book, Financial Detox, is to help avoid toxic financial advice. And the reason why we say that is because there is lots of toxic financial advice, actually bad financial advice. Just because somebody's giving you financial advice doesn't mean it's good. And in fact, most cases, you should evaluate where it's come from and how it's being given to you because it, it could likely be bad. But Avoid toxic financial advice and manage your wealth for maximum impact. Yeah. So financial detox is about just helping people get the right information and the right advice. And, and this goes back to people generally seeking financial advice went to big institutions because big institutions had the information, right? There wasn't the internet just 30, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, there's no internet, right? So there's no automatic, instantaneous flow of information and just you can't pull up charts and quotes and information and analyst reports and research reports and do trades on your phone. You couldn't do that. So you went to these big firms for information. It's become the pendulum has come so far that now there's so much information. Everybody feels radically educated and knowledgeable about the subject that you now come to wealth advisors, I believe, is one of the best things that we do for people is help bring them the right information, detox all that nonsense that, that isn't good for them and that can hurt them and, and bring them the right stuff. So and from themselves, like what's yeah. the Nick Murray quote that you yeah. quote all the time? Well, I think we talk about, you know, we don't, we're going to help people avoid the great behavioral blunders that destroy long-term returns. Which the blunders come from within, personally, right? but because they get so much bad information. Yeah, but I mean, you got to take and, you got to take responsibility for your own actions, sure, right? Like, yes, sure. I can blame yes. the media. Yes, I can blame my friend or my neighbor, or but I'm the one who's the one who's buying or selling or, or panicking or freaking out or doing the for sure. There's like seven of them that he or that Dalbar has has coined terms yeah. for and yep. psychology stuff. Anyways. So, so yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going to help you. So one of the things that is uh, is on the forefront of everybody's mind and that it, it, it is practically happening to you, you are losing money every single day and you are having money stripped out from your family's wealth through what we call inflation, the rise yeah. in costs of goods and services that you are using. It is happening intensely, severely. This 
has really started with the new presidency as Biden shut down the pipeline and has taken us from a completely and totally energy independent country, which was awesome. We got to the first time in a long time or ever that we had become a completely energy independent country. And we are now not an energy independent country anymore. So the first place you see inflation happening is at the pumps, at the gas station, the cost to operate your vehicle, get to and from work. If you happen to go to work, we could talk about that too. But the cost to operate your vehicle is, is significantly higher. That means the cost to get on an airplane is significantly higher. That means the cost of the Amazon supplies and things you're buying that are being delivered to your house through an Amazon truck are going up. Don't think they're not. They're going up because the cost of gas is going up. So that the decisions made by our administration to limit our petroleum production have uh, led to a temporary and certain increase. In this is the part where I love to just, I like to always challenge both sides whenever yeah. politics come up because I don't like to ever show my yeah. cards, right, on this topic. Yeah, this me kind of thing. I'm totally independent. Well, right. What if, what if you actually brought the timeline back even further and placed more responsibility on the pandemic that actually started to shut down supply chains a year and a half ago? Couldn't that be part of the, also part it's of this gigantic thing? gigantic part of it is some of the very unnecessary shutdowns to the, for the pandemic. Yes. And, or necessary. Or just the thing itself. So. But the fact and is, can... oh, but, but, and, and, and then you could go bigger to the, what's really disrupting. And I've, I was talking to you prior to the show, Alex, we have lots of clients who run some really big businesses and lots of small businesses Yeah, and almost unequivocally. They are experiencing issues with getting employees, mm -hmm. getting people to come to work. And the bigger companies who have distribution and supply chain issues are, are severely hampered. They are unable to get the things they're trying to sell. Yeah. So the things that they do get and they are selling, they have raised the prices intensely on because they have to, because they're also costing them more. So what's happening it's is when you have- effect everywhere. Yeah, the effects of COVID and, and shutting down the economy and then furthermore, continuing to pay people extra money to stay at home when there's tons of jobs available. We have more jobs available right now in the country, I think, from what I've, and I don't know the stats exactly, but there is an enormous amount of jobs available. Yeah. People who are totally capable to go do those jobs, but yet they're not doing those jobs because we as a government are taking taxpayers' money, those few who are still actually working, we're taking money from them, and we are pumping it to the people who are choosing to stay at home. And this is causing a problem because now you don't have workers on the dock, you don't have workers in the factories, you have all the supply chain. I flew over Long Beach the other day. I counted 80 is when I lost count. There the was tankers 80 tankers sitting out there trying to get in. What I had a client tell me today on the phone, they deal with big supply issues, stuff coming out of China and out of Mexico or whatever. And they said that now they tell you this, the corruption now is, is filling into these spaces oh, where they tell you that, Hey, you want that on the container? Well, it's supposed to cost you 4,000, but if you say, if you give, give us 20,000, it'll get on the container this week. If you don't, you're going to go to the back of the line and you'll get on whenever we can get you on. Wow. So that's what's now happening in, in all the supply chains. So you think about TVs, refrigerator, paper goods, supplies, bags, toilet paper, you know, paper towels, anything and everything. That is you this inflation use. though? This is another thing. Well, it? this yeah. is now this causing is inflation because yeah. if I have to pay $20,000 as opposed to four to get yeah. my goods shipped over to the United States, then what am I going to do to my price? 
Right. And so I'm going to raise my price to cover my 20,000. When I, I mean, I'm thinking back to economics in college. When you think about what causes inflation traditionally, I was taught, or I remember being taught at least, maybe it was a long time ago now, but yeah. it's usually interest rate stuff, right? And the Fed. And, and so now we're, supply chain issues are causing inflation. Another, well, and we have both working against us at the same time in a sense, right? I think this is a complex topic, but I would say inflation is caused by lots of money chasing too few of resources. Right. So if you have not a lot of something and a lot of money chasing, then inflation happens. A government stimulus of trillions of dollars over the course of 18 months, for example? Since 2009, really. We haven't ever stopped this massive stimulus and the artificial depressing. Since the debt crisis. Right. So, I mean, if you think about it, we've never stopped. We got hooked to, we took this heroin shot and we just kind of keep good doing it. Are we at 30 trillion now? Um, It's big. Yes. So not only, but you have that, but now, you know, inflation comes from lots of different things. When you don't have enough workers and you have to pay to get your stuff in the front of the line, you get inflation because you have to pay wages more, right? Right now, a different client told me they are paying their people who now they they used to hire nobody who had drug problems or were drug addicts and they would wouldn't hire anybody who had criminal backgrounds right now they're hiring almost exclusively people with criminal backgrounds who can't pass drug tests and they're paying them 15 to 25% more than they used to pay really good employees meaning good employees without criminal backgrounds, right. and that could pass a drug test. Right. Low, so he says, lower risk my business, half of my employees are on drugs. I know this. They can't pass the drug test. Wow. Half of the employees now we have are criminals. We know them. They're active. They're, they're, they're missing work for court dates. They're active. They have a criminal background. Yeah. And I'm paying them 25% more than I used to pay good people. So this is this is inflationary. Yeah. Now I got to pay bad people 25% more. They don't do as good a job. What happens to my production and my business? Everything. And, and folks, like saying folks sounds so stupid. If you're listening to this, everything you buy is affected by this. Yeah. Okay. You go to Home Depot and buy some sprinkler heads and some wood <laughs> for a project. You're building a, a garden in your backyard. It's affected by this. You go on Amazon and buy your kid a new helmet for his lacrosse game. It's affected by this. You go buy a new airsoft gun for your kid. My kids love airsoft stuff. It affects everything. It affects the food at the grocery store. You're buying apples. There's nobody to pick the apples, right? There's The whole supply chain is jacked because we are adopting policies, well, because of a lot of reasons. But one of the things is when you have policies as a country that encourages people to not become productive members of society, society starts to break down and you get what you have in Cuba and you get what you have in Venezuela and you get what you have in all the third world countries that are led by politicians that are focused on power and control and dictatorship. It doesn't work. It's- I think the reason why this is one of the things that frustrates you the most too, because there are a lot of factors, but there, it's the same thing we do with wealth management, investment management specifically, yeah. is there are things that we've, we can actually control. Policies are literally within our control. We create yeah. them. We approve them through right. multiple steps in the government. Like paying some people $300 a week to stay home when they're totally right. capable of going to work is a bad policy. Or I, I was sharing with you the real story of, of, of last week where I, I received a check for $500 from the IRS, the right. Treasury Department, right? And then, and then it took three or four days later, by the way, to understand, just a check. No explanation. I was like, I'm like, why wouldn't they send the letter with the check? I'm like, honey, don't deposit that. I don't know what this is. Don't ever take money. You don't know where it's coming yeah, from. Right. And then I think it was Monday. So that was a couple of days ago. So it took like three visit or three days to, for the, the letter to come explaining what it was. And it was, you knew the term for it. It was the child 
Child Care Act. Something yeah. act. So we're basically, they're giving money to anyone who has a child, whether you qualify or not. There's no income qualification. No. There's no tax. No. I was like, they're just giving money away? Like for, with, like why? I mean, why? I mean, it gets very political, right? And I, I don't want to be political because I respect, uh, we have great clients that are, that are very liberal and very Democrat. And we have clients that are very conservative and, and, and very okay Republican. For, but it's okay for a Republican to be frustrated at a Republican policy. It's also okay for a Democrat to be frustrated at a Democrat policy. You know, it should be. Unfortunately, right now, what we've done is created complete and total bipolarization in our, in our world, where our society, where if you're a Republican, you just have to hate Democrats. And if you're a well, Democrat, you just have to hate the Republicans. I disagree. I can I can be Maybe frustrated. I can be frustrated with both at the same time. <laughs> I, I think you're you're unique and and semi apolitical, which is great because that's the way we all should be. We all should be independent. I mean, if you really think about this country, and I know the people that I talk to that are extreme liberals. I mean, they're liberals, and. You know what? This is so funny is I say, so you're so mad at me and you, you think I'm so bad because I'm a conservative. And really, I think I'm an independent. Truly, I do. And you think you're kind of an independent, but yet we have to hate each other. Why don't we talk about some of the real serious issues? Yeah. And what you find out is that we actually agree, agree. on at least 90 percent of the issues. The major the, ones, for sure. And the other ones. By and large, we're both willing to compromise. I say, I see your point. You can have it your way. How about we're a free country? You do what you want. I'll do what I want on those issues. But we agree. And unfortunately, what's happened is the media has done a phenomenal job and certain evil forces in this world have done a phenomenal job, extremists, of of separating and pulling us all to the sides and leaving this big gap, vacuum, this this big hollow sucking sound in between the two, where is where actually we should all be. And I think if we just had a radically charismatic, intelligent, well-spoken, somebody who was independent, you could, you could really bring back the country together. I think it would take more than just and one, then one person. Would it would take people in all take the a different... Movement. And also in the House and well, the Senate, like you'd have to have some three or four people that were all kind of had that similar thought. Because even one person isn't a, doesn't well, seem to be enough. <laughs> sure, right. But I mean, I guess I'm saying one idea, one movement of, yeah. hey... We're done with letting the media tear us apart and letting the extremist yeah. on each side tear us apart because that's what's happening. It's so sad. But from a policy standpoint, it does not make sense to give money to people who are capable or should be capable of earning their own money and becoming productive members of society. It doesn't work. You no, can't rob you give, the rich and give to the poor, and then the poor don't do anything, and the rich go on and produce because all of a sudden it doesn't it doesn't work. It breaks down. You run out of other people's money. Right? Well, it's, it doesn't. It's really work. confusing to me to get that five hundred dollar check. I told my my wife, I'm like, we should give it back, and then she's like, well, what are they going to do with it then? Just so I, I know what I'm going to do now. I'm meeting actually with the, the, the new CEO of the Boys and Girls Club later today. Okay. I'm going to give it away because that's, I don't know what else to do. You know, well, like, that's, that's great of you. You're going to give it to somebody who can need it, right? There are kids who have two working parents. They're working, you know, all day, every day. The kids get out of school. Where do the kids go after school? They go to the Boys and Girls Club. They get tutoring, mentoring, safe environment where they can be without bullying. What a great place, right? And, and that's the thing about our society is, in our country specifically, is we're generally speaking quite a generous site. Look at all the thriving nonprofits. That is those, those people are making money. These thriving nonprofits are getting donations from people who are willingly and voluntarily giving their money to good causes. Yeah. And you don't have to have the government take your money to give it to th- what they view as right. a good cause. Right. Um, instead, encourage and allow people 
to find it out of the goodness of their heart to give their money to good causes. And you'll find it works really well. It was called the test. It was a big test. It was called the foundation of America, right? It started about 270 years ago. It works great. Unfortunately, we have a whole bunch of people who are trying to break it down and, yeah. and say that we're a broken country when we're actually the best no. country that's ever lived. Ever. Every, no, nothing's perfect ever. It's always nope. going to be in flux and, and trying to be better, but it certainly feels... But uh, we, I, right I think a large part of our <laughs> inflationary issues are a direct result of bad policy. Totally. Some of them are a result of, you could say COVID, but I would all say COVID is a bad policy. All right. <laughs> when our co- reaction to COVID, you mean? No, COVID was developed because of bad policy. Oh. Um, like it or not, if you do the research and find the facts or you listen to Rand Paul, which some people hate him and some people love him, but if you want facts, you can listen to him and Fauci debate and listen to what he says. Okay, so the bottom line is Fauci was involved in funding gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function research is a forbidden, uh, forbidden for the United States to finance this research. I could be off a little bit on this. This is just my general understanding of it. But the fact of the matter is Fauci was very involved in getting the money to the Wuhan lab in China to fund gain-of-function research, which in fact is created COVID. So it is policy that actually allowed this to get created in the first place. Mm. And is it nasty? Yes. Are we holding anybody accountable? No. Because there's a large swath of people in our country and our political system that don't want to hold anybody accountable for anything. They want to just blame everyone else. Nobody will be personally held accountable. So I I would say that COVID, unfortunately, was started partially because of bad policy. Mm. Somebody didn't follow the rules. Right. And therefore, bad things happened. That's pretty scary. So we have, we do have real inflation. Anybody doesn't think we have inflation? No, I don't know anybody who would think, and that's why it's coming up and more people are like, what should we talk about on the show? Like, what do you people want to hear about on this podcast? Like you guys are trying to detoxify and give good information. Like, what do you do with everything we've talked about so far on the show seems very much out of my control. So what can I control in this as a personal investor, as someone who, you know, is working and saving and investing? You can vote. do. For different policies, that's one thing you can do. You can control and vote for different policies and vote for administrations that believe that personal responsibility and personal contribution to the benefit of society is important. And certainly we need to help people who are are hurt and need to get up and need a, a chance. Yes, we've always been a country that does that phenomenally well. In fact, we've saved most of the world from tyrannistic uh, governments. All the time. And, and, <laughs> and oppression and tyranny. We have saved the whole world from that. So we, we, we as a country have done a very good job at that. We need to vote for people who, who are interested in personal accountability. Secondly, the things that you can do is be aware and be, you know, get your information from different sources and be knowledgeable about it. And then from a very practical standpoint, right, we got to talk about how do you invest? You know, I wouldn't own a lot of long-term bonds right now because the reason what happens there is if you have a long-term bond, you've been promised a certain interest rate at today's interest rates for a long period of time where so let's say that that's a 20-year bond and it's a 3% interest rate or a 2% interest rate. If interest rates go up and all of a sudden in a year from now, somebody can buy that same bond and it's going to pay them a 4% interest rate because interest rates have gone up, your bond is not very attractive. 
and you're now stuck holding the bag, right? For 20 years. You've got the stinky poo-poo and you've got the bag and it is paying you <laughs> a bad interest rate given what's out there. So A, nobody will buy your bond. So you can't get out. You now have a major liquidity issue unless you're willing to take a much lower, much, much You can lower sell price. it, but you just get paid a lot less. You're right? going to get crushed. So you will have bought that bond for, let's say, $100,000 and now interest rates have gone up a percent. And then the same bond, I get a, a, an extra percentage interest rate, 20% more interest. Your bond's going to be worth 50 cents on the dollar. So you just lost half of your money in your safe investment. This is really important. You know the most common question I'm hearing lately yeah. from people, and it's it's such an interesting and it's such a common one throughout history, but stock market's at all-time high. Yeah. I got cash, like lots of cash. Mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't keep it in cash because inflation's eroding my purchasing power. Right. But I'm scared to invest the cash into yeah. the market, stock and bond market, let's say. Yeah. Diversify globally beautifully the yeah. way we do things. And then it crashes. Oh my gosh, that was bad timing. Like that's a lot of people right now. It is. And if you think about it, I mean, the market's at all-time highs. The market's been at all-time highs since 2009. (laughs) I mean, we've been hitting all-time highs for years and years and years. So the thing about all-time highs is they oftentimes, they just keep coming. Until eventually, a new high. Until yeah, a new high, then another new high, then another, and you get years, sometimes years and years and years of new highs. So just because the market's at a new high doesn't mean it's done. But then eventually there is a a correction coming. But we know, I think we know, with lots of statistical and and data that statistical evidence and data that if you're in a, a properly diversified portfolio. The next downturn is not a loss. It is coming. There will be a downturn. It's not a loss as the gold commercials try to tell you, don't lose your money in the stock market. If you're properly diversified, that next downturn is some volatility. Sure, it's a temporary decline in the values, but the companies, the greatest companies in the world that are producing goods and services and that whole story they will rebound. They will continue to produce goods and services and they will continue to grow. Some of the junk may fall out the bottom. Some things may go bankrupt. Some things may not work, but the large majority will probably survive and new innovation and new ingenuity will come into the top of that funnel, so to speak. Some junk falls out the bottom and you will prevail and do well because we as investors are going to demand a certain rate of return for our money being invested. And historically speaking, that's been around eight to 12% for equities, right? That probably isn't going to change a lot. It could. There's no promises, no guarantees. This show doesn't guarantee any financial advice. We need to know you and your personal situation. And even then, we don't guarantee any financial outcomes because for the most part, none of them are guaranteed. We stress test them a lot, but... Yeah. You so, know, yeah. I think you have to, yeah, I think that, that that person to answer specifically, Alex, that has a lot of cash, you have to, you have to be an investor. It's time in the market, not timing of the market. However, you may want to tiptoe in over the course of the next six months or 12 months. You may want to have other alternative asset classes, such as some real estate. I mean, I talked to a client this morning. We put a half a million dollars to work in a real estate fund that pays 5.25%. It's massively diversified in real estate, not only office, but industrial. It's got a small amount of office, but it's got industrial and it has multifamily and it has some commercial and it's got everything in it. Totally diversified, managed by some of the best real estate managers in the world. This is a great uh, diversification piece. Mm -hmm. Could it go down? It could go down but it helps diversify the portfolio. So we put some money to work in that. You put some money in stocks. Maybe you put some money in bonds and then you find maybe even the right annuity, which annuities unfortunately have a bad rap because they are sold, they, they, rightfully so, they're sold 
in a disgusting broker commission focused way. But there are some annuities right now that can protect your principal and give you upside to the stock market. It's interesting right now, especially versus owning bonds, right? Why would I own bonds when we know interest rates are really low? They could go up. Bond prices could be faced with a lot of pressure and the yields are low. So why not buy something that gives me upside to the equity markets, but yet also protects my principal? I have a lot of responses to that, but yeah. that's a whole other show. Yeah, it is. A show. <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of reasons why I, I would challenge that back. But I think this is the part of usually when we were doing the radio show, at least, um, and even on this podcast, I think it's really good to know like how we help people when they have these kinds of questions coming up. And it comes in a couple of forms. One, one very clear action call to action, we call it, right? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll do a discovery meeting. We'll build you a, a financial plan. We'll look at the entire picture and tell you what we think. Uh, at no cost. It's a really easy, non-threatening way to start a conversation and, and to kind of get an assessment, kind of like your FAA physical. Yeah. It's not yeah. it's not very <laughs> uncomfortable. There's nothing crazy yeah. to make you do. Nothing too weird. <laughs> yeah, nothing too crazy. No burpees. The other one, which is for those that are really, really investment-minded, I'm thinking of like the engineers or the people that have been managing their own money for a long time and actually kind of like it, you know, but they're kind of w- wondering like, whoa, like inflation, all-time market highs, bonds, all these things. Yeah. And, and you know, you know what you, you know what you know, and you know, there's a lot of things you don't know that kind of person, right? Yeah. That kind of person, we literally will go through and use all of our software and prepare a portfolio analysis showing you where there might be some huge gaps in what you're doing. Yeah. And maybe we'll show you, you know, you're, there's not that many gaps actually, and reaffirm that you're doing a great job. And we used to do that a lot, yeah. especially when things were at all time highs a few years yeah. ago and now they're higher, yeah. but that's a good, those are the two key things. I think anyone listening to this show and we'll put it out there on the website um, and anywhere else, but we have a great team that does that. Nice people. They're friendly. They'll have a good yeah, conversation. I mean, more than 300 years of combined experience. So if you, t- you know, it's not, it's not 300 people with one year each. I mean, we have a team of about 20 people, but bring tons of experience. And the cool thing about what we're doing and helping people is, and you should seek out financial advice that is from a fiduciary perspective, that is unbiased and free from conflicts or not free from, but at least all the conflicts are disclosed totally and upfront. And there's a small subset of wealth advisors, financial advisors, financial planners, a small subset of those in the country who operate as this under a fiduciary capacity. And just because when you ask them, are they, are you a fiduciary? And they say, yes, that doesn't really mean they're a fiduciary. You actually have to check, <laughs> unfortunately. And, uh, and they, they have to work for an RIA, a registered investment advisory firm. They can't clear through a broker dealer because um, a broker dealer oftentimes has conflicts of interest with how they compensate. Like the blo- broker dealer could be getting paid the 12B1 fees while they're charging a. Uh, uh, just ask them how they yeah. and their firm get paid. Yeah. That usually answers the question. If the answer isn't just from me, the client, then then start asking way more questions, yeah. right? Yeah. Me, it's, the client should really pay. It's really tricky. Firm. But even if you you go to any of the big name firms, quote unquote, that are in a fee based wrap program and say, how do you get paid? And they say, I pay a percentage of assets under management. That's what they would answer. Seems great. Well, However, yeah, what they don't tell they, you is that's that, how they, that's what the, the client pays. But how does the firm get yeah, paid? Yeah. No advisors can, no, none of those. Advice, very few of those advisors would probably answer that question comprehensively. Well, they at least try. And then you could tell them the answer, whether they're maybe, yep. they, they could say, I don't really know. And that's, that's an okay. You're answer, putting maybe. a lot of faith and confidence in, in how they would answer that question. I want to go ask a bunch of I'm our, not sure our, that our they, friends in the industry. I'm, I'm not sure they even know. Um, and if they do know, I'm certain they're not going to say to the client, well, listen, our firm gets paid a bunch of money to distribute certain products and certain <laughs> mutual funds. They wouldn't say that. And, and we don't tell you about that, but we are, by the way, we have a preferred fund family list that pays us $25 million a year that we do all of our annual 
retreats on that we take all of our top producers on. And that's, we get paid a bunch of money that way. And so a lot of the products I'm trying to sell you <laughs> are going to be conflicted, but I'm not going to tell you about that conflict. And, but since you asked, okay, now I'm telling you that's, I'm sure that's not going to happen. Just like that. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. So, you, you, so you're putting a lot of faith down. Um, <laughs> the best way to simply know is work with somebody who is with an RIA and doesn't have a broker dealer affiliation and then ask them if if it's appropriate and you sell me any annuity or any insurance, will you please disclose to me and will you promise to disclose to me the compensation that you get paid for selling that particular product? The so I can stuff. Yes. So if because if somebody's at an RIA, they have a lot of fiduciary oversight to be transparent and disclose all conflicts of interest. If you read their ADV, you'll see all that stuff. So that is, to me, the best way to find the right advice is go to an RIA. You don't trust they're going to answer the other questions, huh? No, I don't. <laughs> and maybe I'm just a cynical old man. But I think people um, are smart, too. If, if, if a lot of our clients, if they were out there kind of like, um, what do they call them, mystery shoppers, you know, yeah. go mystery shop a few advisors and ask them these questions. I mean, if you give them the BS answer, they're going to know. They're like, okay, so like, okay, let me ask the question again. Maybe a different way. Uh, I think you're giving too much credit. All right, fine. All right. I'll, yeah, good I'm try. Gonna, I'm going to run a little no. data test. I think we happens. should do that. All right, here's the deal. If you want, <laughs> we're going to give you the questions to ask. That's a good thing though. Like seriously, if you want to know what questions to ask and how to drill down on those questions to get true answers from your advisor, we'll give you those. That Why don't we do that as a follow, it, a show note follow-up? As I'm the saying, questions as hold on, you have to ask. as we're saying this out loud, this is the part where I, I think it's important. Uh -huh. This is not just for fun. Like there's a reason why it matters, right? It matters how, they, how your advisor and their firm gets paid because you are the product, right? You, right. the client are what's getting quote unquote sold. So it's important to know, like, like when I buy something, I kind of right. want to know what the other person's getting out of it just to make sure that we're on the same page. And if we're not, that can be okay sometimes, it could, but it could mean, it could mean huge differences in, in your ability to create, grow, preserve your wealth and, and whether you get good products or bad products. It's yeah. a big, so this yeah. isn't just a fun game. No, this playing. is not just a game, but, <laughs> but so the questions are cool. We should do that. And then we should seriously send out some mystery shoppers. Is that legal? Can we do that? We'll have to check with the yeah, compliance we'll pending, but. But that'd be cool, like send out mystery shoppers and be like, so tell me, wouldn't that be so fun? What about Ken? Ken? We should send Ken. No last names in that no. one. But send um, Ken. Oh my gosh, that'd be, yeah. Ken, and he just mystery shops. So, like, so wait, you mean your firm doesn't get paid at all? All right, let me. Well, he's let a me. business guy too. He'll know. He'd be like, oh, wait yeah. a minute. How do you guys get yeah. your revenues here? No. What's really going on? <laughs> Um, All right. We, what else we got to talk about? We're coming up on 35 minutes. I here. think re real quick, just because this is, we're already on random tangents, which is actually really fun to get off some of yeah. the other stuff. But so how do you feel about this, this crazy space race stuff? Cause people are talking about it. I feel like it's, it's, it's worth like for, in, in, from a financial wealth management, the political thing, even perspective, cause that all ties together in this. I think it's kind of crazy. What, I, what, I don't really have on? any thoughts about it. You're just bored I'm, by it at the moment? I'm not interested. I mean, I think it's cool. I'm stoked people are launching themselves into space. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that those also are the proponents of the people who are saying how we need to not pollute the environment. And, and they're very environmentally focused, which I love the environment. I love clean water. I love trees and mountains and fresh air. It's just my favorite thing in the world, probably. But I find it quite hypocritical that, you know, people like Jeff Bezos are launching themselves with rockets, which, by the way, if you measure the pollution that came off of his single rocket and whatnot, it was probably equivalent to thousands of 
diesels driving up and down the freeway for, you know, I don't know what it actually is. I'm making that up. It seems like a lot, but it's probably not insignificant. But then furthermore that he, Jeff Bezos is, is, you know, selling products of which almost all are made in China and China is the worst polluter ever. And then I find it really hypocritical and crazy that, you know, you have these uh, environmental conferences and yet who are they full of? Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and all these guys flying in on 747 private jets, huge private jets, just nuking the environment while they go in and lecture to us laymen and us little people about how we need to protect the environment. Uh, so I find the whole thing somewhat tied to that. Yeah. And Why do you think they're doing it right now? What's the point? Oh, man, think of the business Just opportunity, fun? space travel. I mean, what every rich person in the world paying, you know, $200,000 to fly to space, the profit. You think that's what it is? Just it's another. I think it's a hobby. I think these guys are having fun and a toy. It's like, you know, some people will collect nice cars. Some people collect guns. Some people collect airplanes, whatever. Like my, my rocket's bigger than your rocket. I got there faster. For sure. Big rocket contest. And, <laughs> and I'm learning, and, by the way. And it's know. cool. I mean, they're advancing technology. That's rad, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the Wright brothers, who, what would you have said? The Wright brothers are trying to put wings on this thing and fly, right? When they started the first aviation. Yeah. I, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Could lead to amazing benefits for all of society. Right. So it's pretty cool. Like Musk's was kind of cool that he can actually launch it and they can come back. Right. Versus well, like, Bezos, uh, did Bezos stay out there? Hopefully he's still out there. No, he came back in the ah. same day, but Musk, Musk didn't go, I don't think, but his, his, this is like a while ago, like maybe a year or two ago. It's not right now, but his, he, he created that rocket that'll go out there and it'll actually land, come out and land back itself. Versus just launch them and they blow up or disappear yeah. or whatever. <laughs> they come space junk. I don't even know. I don't know much about this topic. I yeah. just am, I'm just learning and listening because it's to me it seems kind of random. But I mean, it's it's I, it, it's technological evolution and people uh, who have the money to do it are spending it and it's. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. I'm not that interested in it, but I think it's cool. <laughs> you you don't want to go to space. Um, now that you're flying again, <laughs> you want to go a little further. Yeah, I'm cool with in in inside the gravitational pull. I'm cool with that for now. Okay. I mean, it'd be great to walk up. If somebody told if somebody told you you can go tomorrow and go to the moon and walk on the moon, who wouldn't say, "Yeah, that sounds rad. I'd check it out." Like for free, or I have to pay two hundred thousand dollars, whatever. I don't know. Well, I don't know. No, Either one, I wouldn't do it. I don't know yeah. that I'd pay a couple hundred grand. Other go. stuff I want to do first. <laughs> I just want to go to Yosemite, man. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the moon is not Arcoyas even. It's yeah, fine. I, was, I was just thinking Glacier National Park or something. I don't know. I haven't paid much attention to the space rockets. Okay. I was just curious. People are talking about it right now. So I think, uh, yeah. I think it's, a, it's one of those topics. Other than that, I think we covered the things we wanted to cover. It's, it's the most commonly talked about things that our clients and prospective clients and, and our employees are talking about right now. Right. And, Inflation, why should I own bonds, stuff like that. And I think there's a lot to that. And I think you have to prepare and protect your portfolio. You need to think about how your portfolio is positioned and you need to stress test your portfolio. Most importantly, against your full life financial plan and your purpose. But specifically, you got to stress test it like we do on our Aladdin system that we use through BlackRock. But you got to stress test it against inflation. Yeah. And you got to think about my money becoming worth less, right? If everything I'm trying to buy is worth more, I'm becoming poorer and I'm becoming less wealthy by the moment as things are becoming more expensive because my money doesn't do as much for me. So you definitely don't want a bunch of money sitting around in cash not working. I don't think that's a great the good, idea. The good news for all of our clients, if you're listening, it's already been part of the plan. 
Yes. The whole time you've been a client of IDA, yeah. we've had an in-year financial plan, in your Monte Carlo stress test. Yeah. It's not a surprise to us. No. Actually, we've been overcompensating for inflation. For now, we're, now we're kind of bringing it back to the average and yeah. it's all good for us. And that's the next thing. If you're not a client of ours, you need to know what you're going to do when there is that crash that comes. That correction that comes, what yeah. do you do? It's going to happen. So are you yeah. prepared to know how to rebalance or should you rebalance? What or, should you rebalance? Stay the course and keep a discipline or panic and freak out and then sell at the bottom and wait and get back in at the next top. That's a good hey, note to leave off. There's on. a lot to it. It's financial <laughs> detox. This is what we're doing. We're helping you get detoxified financially speaking, avoid toxic advice, manage your wealth for maximum impact so you can enjoy the true fruits of your labor and you can live your best financial life. It's financial detox and uh, we'll close it out right there, Alex. Thanks for your time. It was awesome uh, hanging out with you again and doing yeah. the show. It's financialdetox.com. You can reach us at 877-707-8889. Financialdetox.com has is, is, uh, got a bunch of information. You can learn more about us there. So check it out and we'll come back to you with another show here soon. If you have any ideas, topics, or you want us to uh, talk about anything specific, we are uh, specific. We are open to uh, your thoughts and ideas and you can uh, give us a call or go to financialdetox.com and check us out and connect with us there. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great one. Talk soon. To learn more about Financial Detox and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources, visit financialdetox.com. Call Jason and the team at Intelligence Driven Advisors. If you're ready for financial detox and a better tomorrow, call 877-707-8889. Get answers to your questions. That's 877-707-8889. That's financialdetox.com for podcasts and information. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way, you'll be notified about upcoming podcasts. You'll take one more step toward financial peace of mind. This content is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labram and Intelligence Driven Advisors are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this program and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labram and his guests as of the date of the show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking Statements or forecasts are based on assumptions, and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on information provided today in making any investment decisions. There is a risk of loss of investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for particular investors, financial situation, or risk tolerance. Asset allocation portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses.